I'm Dr. Shantae, and welcome to Branding for Believers, Episode 4. You might know him as the power forward for the Atlanta Hawks, but off the court, Elton Brand is an entrepreneur with multiple passions and multiple interests, here to share his story about believing bigger. Hey, Elton, so thank you for coming on Branding for Believers, the podcast where entrepreneurs are equipped with the faith to believe bigger. And even though most people know you from your basketball career, what a lot of people don't know is that you are an entrepreneur yourself, that you do have a life outside of basketball. And while most people kind of focus on the success piece of it, what they don't see behind the scenes is the grind, the hustle, the struggle. And so that's really what we're going to get into today, kind of like that behind the scenes look of what it really takes to be successful. So I want to start with... Go to a place, give us a story where you had to come to a fork in the road, where you had to make a tough decision about whether or not you were going to kind of fall back and do the status quo, or whether or not you were going to take a risk, take a gamble, roll the dice, and believe bigger than any fears that you might have had. So go ahead and, and lead us into that piece. Um, well, when I first entered the film world, I was with a company named Gibraltar Films, uh, and I was presented with a short, Little Dieter needs to fly. Um, Werner Herzog, which was a great uh, European director, was behind the project. And I did a lot of research on him, and I said, okay, he's infamous. You know, he's famous, but he's infamous. Like, someone died on his set before. Uh-oh. <laughs> There's a lot, of, you know, a lot of things going on with this guy, but his work was very creative and very artistic, and I liked it. Okay. And there was a guy named Christian Bale attached. Ah, Christian Bale. And he wasn't Batman yet. He was going to be in the first Batman, uh, okay. in his first Batman. So I said, all right, uh, you know, these are some pretty heavy hitters behind this, mm -hmm. people that have been in the industry, a um, lot smarter than me in this industry. Mm -hmm. And when I met with the director, Werner Herzog, he basically said, look, you could do it. MGM was started by a hairdresser. You know, right. you're, you're, you're an athlete. You can, you can make this happen. You know, believe me. Okay. Uh, you know, and I trusted in him and his expertise because I knew really little about the business. And I took that leap of faith and, and believed in my brand, believed in myself, and believed we could get that done. And um, the movie Rescue Dawn, you know, came out to critical acclaim and mm. you know, made money. And it was just like, like, wow. And that was my first experience with it. So kind of got kind of got with the right people at the right time. So let me pull a couple of things out of your story. Uh, one of the things is the fact that you acknowledge that this is not my lane, this is not my area of expertise, even though I appreciate the art of it. And sometimes that's what, what holds a lot of entrepreneurs back. They feel like they don't know enough. Right. And so they just kind of shy away. But you trusted in the research that you had done, you had vetted these people, and you took a gamble. So tell me, once you rolled the dice, Christian Bale, before he was Batman as we know him, what was the confirmation that you had made the right choice? What was the, man, I trusted myself and it completely worked out. How did you know? So I didn't know until, um, you know, we're on set. We get the movie done in the can. Uh, we go to Toronto Film Festival mm -hmm. and I see the reviews and people love the movie. And it's like, okay. Because when we're there, it's hectic. You're shooting every day. And again, I'm a novice. I don't know, I don't know at the time, you know, a landscape shot from a close. I don't know what's going on. I'm right, just right. there <laughs> for the ride and I'm just learning, absorbing everything as I could. Um, and when we got those reviews and, you know, people started a bidding war to buy the movie and it's oh, like, wow. okay, I, I did something right here. Okay. So critical acclaim, 
the crowd is going wild. Sure. People are bidding for it. So what did that do for you in terms of confidence? Did you then go on to do other projects or did you decide maybe this is a legitimate career move for me, even though I'm an athlete, this might be a legitimate avenue? Um, you know, I looked at it as a, you know, still an artistic outlet. You okay. know, I like reading the scripts. I like being a part of that and then seeing it to come into fruition on the big screen. You know, I love that. It's like a little script, someone had an idea, and then you build it. So that part of it, for me, was uh, satisfying. And then, you know, making money, right, of course. Right, of you course, know, you don't of wanna, course. You don't want to invest and just, um, you know, do it for the art's sake if you can. You'd like to at least break even or make some money. So then I took that into my next films, and we actually raised money because of the success of the first film. People are like, hey, we want to work with you. And again, I put together a group of people, Harry Knapp and some other directors, producers, financial guys that you know, knew the business. So while I was still learning, still playing basketball, still focused heavily on you know, my A job, my real job, mm -hmm. but it could still create when I had time, still could put deals together and learn the business. So what I love about that is that a lot of people feel like to be a true entrepreneur, you have to quit your day job and just go full throttle into this other venture. But that's not true. A lot of times people are just kind of like par parallelpreneurs. You know, they, <laughs> they still have, you know, a real day job that kind of pays the bills and things like that. But then there's these other things that they're passionate about that they're working on and developing. So what advice would you give to somebody? Because you said that, you know, you were able, actually able to raise money for the second film. So what advice would you give to someone who is looking at the dollar sign? You know, a lot of times we have these champagne dreams, but we don't have champagne budgets. And so what advice would you give to somebody that's really struggling with that money piece? Yeah, I like that word, parallelpreneurs. I like that. All uh, right. <laughs> I, think, I think the way to go would be to start small. You know, you need to ha actually have a vision for what your project is. So if you can just do a short, if you can do a sketch, if you can write it and have someone read it out, because mm -hmm. if someone's gonna invest, they wanna see more just than a, you know, a script or pen to paper. They wanna see an actual vision. So it doesn't cost a lot, especially with today's technological advances. You can shoot something small and say, hey, if I had a budget and look different, I'll be able to shoot with these cameras. Or, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. But you wanna get it show them a piece, even a 30-second vision of what you're trying to do. And that's really powerful for other entrepreneurs and other investors that are looking to fund projects. I love that. You don't have to have, and that, that is a major piece that entrepreneurs get stuck. They feel like if it's not perfect, and they look at other people's stuff and they say, my stuff doesn't look like Spielberg. My stuff doesn't look like, you know, this other entrepreneur, this other artist. And so they start to second guess themselves. But what you're saying is start, start small, do what you have and polish the pitch so that you can say, if I have the resources, this is what this actually could be. Absolutely. And it's not just the film. If you're writing a book, you can mm -hmm. do the intro and the outro in a few pages. Okay. Just let them feel it. Let them feel that passion behind it. So oh, I see where you're going. But if you just tell them, here's the synopsis, this is what I'm going to do, you don't get that same feeling. If you have a product, bring in a product. You could have tape on it. You could have right. glue. <laughs> but you bring in that product and you show them that product. And okay, if I did have X amount of dollars, this is what the product would look like. Okay. So... After that film, I'm sure you get pitched all the time. You're an athlete, you have resources, and people are like, hey, look at this, look at that, um, try my this, invest in that. How do you make the determination what you're going to invest on? How do you know it's a winner? What is it that says, you know what, they might really have something. What is it that kind of like turns on that light for you? See, that's the thing with being an entrepreneur. You never know 
what a winner is. You know, I, I, I had a few flops. Okay. But I don't, I don't mention those. You know right, I mean? right. Those are in the background, but, you know, you, you pick, you know, this script is great or this product is great and you get behind it and it doesn't work out. You know, you don't know the taste of the consumer. You don't know what the back end user wants sometimes. And, and it's tough. It's tough. But you just know what you like. You know what you want to be a part of. Mm-hmm. And you still feel good that you, stand, you stood behind that and you invested in that, even if you did lose. So, so that, those are the ones I try to pick. So you didn't let the flops stifle you. You didn't no. let that say, I'm done with this. You know, that was fun while it lasted. You continue to move forward. Yeah, continue to move forward. And then, uh, like I said, I had other investors, you know, um, you know, companies that were on Wall Street, mm-hmm. you know, publicly traded companies that are like, hey, all right, we're investing these mon- you know, this amount of money in you and your projects. All right, we need to do another one. We need to you know, keep the shareholders happy and stuff like that. So when you're dealing on that kind of level, there's a lot of pressure, but, yes. you know, it's not your out-of-pocket money, but still you have to keep the core group of people happy. And you have to be accountable, you know, to, to the people who want to see a good return on their investment. And I think that's another thing to, to keep in mind. Um, a lot of times people say, you know, if you can, bootstrap it. You know, if you can pull your own resources together, you should do that. Otherwise, you do find yourself in that situation where a lot of people are expecting you to produce and, you know, get their money back. Are you a fan of bootstrapping? I'm, I'm a big fan. You know, I just read an article the other day about like uh, Elon Musk. He, he uh, lived off $30 a month. Wow. <laughs> just to see if he could do it, you know, mm-hmm. coming out of college and said, okay, you know, I don't need to eat much. As long as I can make it off $30 a month, I can make it. I can live. Yeah. So my company, whatever money I could get to put towards it. You know, of course, he's a billionaire now. but Now, right. <laughs> but I'm a, I'm a big fan of bootstrapping because that teaches you to remain lean, mm. you know, not overspend, yeah. not overthink things. It's like, this is the bottom line. This is what we have. And I think most companies should stay that way. I want to go back to something you said earlier. You said you had the right people around you. So the project with Christian Bale, you had the right people. Yeah. How do you know when it's the right people? Because your team, as you know, from the athletic standpoint and from an entrepreneur standpoint, can make or break you. So how do you know when it's the right people? Um, you know, you just have to go by word of mouth, friendships, relationships, networking. Mm-hmm. You know, you could go by their track record with people you trust. Yes. You know, so that, that I think that's the way to find out if if that's the right person for you and for your group or for your team moving forward. Because there's a lot of sharks out there. Yeah. yeah. No pun intended, Shark Tank. Joke, right. There's a lot of <laughs> like sharks no out there. There's, there's a, lot a lot of sharks, sharks out there, there that will try to take advantage of you, your product, your company, whatever you're trying to do. And... You know, you have to be there. That's their job is to take your money away from you. Like, they are very good at it. So you, you do need to be careful. But, um, you know, there's resources you can use to find out, you know, how well someone did on another project. Um, you know, IMDb and all that. If you're in film, they mm-hmm. says, you know, how many films or projects people worked on. And, you know, you have to go with your gut sometimes also. Okay. So we're at this point, I always want to bring our listeners to the call to believe. Okay, so what is your, and you've been in locker rooms, you know, you've gotten that pep talk, you know, (laughs) when it's halftime and you guys are behind and, you know, it's like, man, it's not looking good. So what is your pep talk? What is your, your call to action for people who are really kind of struggling? They're at their own crossroads and they don't know because there is a lot at stake. And people don't want to fail and they don't want to be judged. So what is your advice to them? What's your call to believe? Um, you know, I think you should trust the system. That's, that's, that's the term I use and we use. So 
whatever your exit strategy is and was, mm -hmm. you say, okay, I'm only going to lose $600 mm -hmm. in this company. That's what I budgeted for. I'm bootstrapped. Trust the system. You get to that 558, you're getting mm -hmm, to that mm -hmm. 600. It's, you know, you did your best effort, gave your best effort. You have to move on. Or if you said, look, I'm going to fight this thing and I believe in myself and I'm, mm -hmm. I'm never giving up. Trust the system. Never give up. You go with it. You stay focused. You stay positive, and then you keep building. But whatever your 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 whatever your long term goals are, mm -hmm. you have to trust that system and try to make that work. So commit and follow through. So if you set a budget, that's the budget. If you said no matter what, then it's no matter what. I'm going out no matter what. Then you're going out no matter going what. Down if you swinging. say I'm gonna put four hundred dollars into this, yeah. Then that's it. But if you say I'm gonna get, I'm gonna you know get more loans. I'm gonna bring my family into this. I'm gonna do that. I'm gonna ask friends. And mm -hmm. I'm gonna mortgage my home. Oh boy, which happens. You, it you does. go for it and you keep believing and you keep fighting. All right. Yeah. So let's go to kind of like our our resource piece because I always want to leave our listeners with something that will equip them, something that they can put their tangible hands on. So you mentioned an article that you read recently. Are you um, a fan of any magazines or books that you could recommend to our readers that you know always kind of gives you continual insight as an entrepreneur? Um, business insiders. Okay. I really read. Um, I really like reading Business Insiders. Um, a book I've read you know a few times, but uh, from good to great. Hmm. That's a big one. Um, the Long Tail is a book uh, how things are kind of being micromanaged today. Yes. You're not going to have uh, an artist like Britney Spears selling 20 million albums or Mariah Carey or Michael Jackson anymore. Now it's you know digital. You might get one song, one song, one dollar mm -hmm. here and there. And that just talks about the future of different businesses and stuff. I, I really like that book also. Okay. So tech tools. Now we talked a little bit, you know, before the show that you're not a tech gadget junkie <laughs> person, but I have to believe that there is some form of technology that kind of makes your life a little bit easier. So what do you, you find either an app or a tool that you think, you know, people could use and really get some benefit out of? Um, you know, I use just, you know, my iPhone, use my email, uh, app wise, I'm not on social media or anything. LinkedIn I'm hmm. on and I found some some good relationships on LinkedIn. Okay. I found some pretty good pitches on LinkedIn. Okay. Um, so that it's, it's, it's better than I thought it would be. Okay, so you, you actually get pitched via LinkedIn. Yes. Uh, someone will uh, do a contact request and it's like, okay. You mm -hmm. know, then they'll say, hey, thanks for basically you know, accepting my contact. Mm -hmm. And this is what I was thinking. This is who I am. And this is what I have. And you know, I get a lot of pitches via LinkedIn. And some of them are pretty good. I'm not mad at it at all. You know what? What I like about that is that sometimes people go on LinkedIn and they just collect connections, but they never actually do anything with them. And then sometimes people make these assumptions that, you know, athletes, celebrities, that you all are somehow less human. You know, oh, they don't read their email. And, you know, there's probably somebody picking up rose petals behind them when they walk, you know, and that's just not the case. But, you know, you actually do check your email. You do look at your one social media channel and you do read the pitches. Absolutely. Um, you know, I had a friend like that. They're like, yeah, I didn't. I can't believe it's really you. Like, yeah, it's me. It's my LinkedIn profile. But my Facebook that they had for me wasn't me. That okay. was PR. That was the, but LinkedIn and I think that's majority of the you know, real business people, entrepreneurs trying to do things. So it's really me. All right, Elton. Thank you so much for Thanks coming for on Branding me. for Believers. For those of you listening, this is your time. This is your opportunity. Have faith, believe bigger, bigger than your circumstances, your obstacles, and your fears and your doubts. 
This is Dr. Shante here with Elton Brand, and I will see you guys next time. Thank you for watching this episode of Branding for Believers. As you can see, it's perfectly okay to start small. It doesn't have to be perfect. Just show a piece of your vision, just enough to show your concept and work your way up. Another great takeaway from Elton's interview is that he's a sidepreneur. He has a full-time day job as an athlete, and yet he's continuing to build and develop other ventures on the side. You don't have to quit your day job right away just to begin to build your dream and your passion. You can work on them on a parallel track. And last but not least, make a commitment and stick to it. Stick to your budget, stick to your plan. If you say that this is gonna happen no matter what, trust the system and see it through. I'm Dr. Shante and I'll see you next time. Thank you for watching and listening Branding for Believers. You can get all of today's show notes at brandingforbelievers.com and you can follow Dr. Shante on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Shante Says. And don't forget to tune in for the next episode. Thank you for watching, thank you for listening.